Shash with Bonaroli. The flag stays down. And Bruno is at it again with his 12th goal in eight games this season. Looks to bag Crystal Palace. An unlikely point. Elise scores! It was Manchester City's game. But they didn't get far enough ahead. Kulisevsky and Richarlison. And Spurs have the lead in first half stoppage time. Moragis in behind, squares it up, surely! There's the equaliser, Trent Bahaja! In the 97th minute! And it is heartbreak for Perth Glory! With virtually the last kick of the game, Newcastle conjure up an equaliser. Welcome to the global game for Paramount Plus. The A-League is where stars are made. Every round, every game, live only on Paramount Plus. Here are your hosts, Alex Brosk and Simon Hill. Yes, hello again. Good to have you with us for our final show before a mini Christmas break. So lots to get through in the next couple of hours. Here's what's coming up tonight. We'll review a scintillating round eight of the A-League men's, including a big blue pantsing for Sydney, the Aloisi derby, and another win for Wellington. Our special guest is Melbourne Victory's red-hot striker, Bruno Fornaroli. Could he be on the plane to Qatar for the Asian Cup? Talking of which, we'll continue our previews of the big tournament in January, looking at Group C and D. Alicia Carnavas is here to talk Matildas as tickets sell like hotcakes for the Olympic qualifier and she'll review the latest action in the A-League women's. Spencer Pryor will talk English Premier League as Man City slip again and Liverpool are frustrated by Manchester United. And Paul Williams on Kevin Muscat's coaching switch from Japan to China in Football Asia. It's all to come between now and 10 o'clock Eastern on The Global Game, right here on SEN. Yeah, great to have your company one last time in 2023. Lots of football chat to come in the next two hours, all alongside my regular colagues, Alex Brosk and Alex Molchanoff. Evening, gents. Your nice mic's not on again, Brosky. <laughs> We're back in our normal <laughs> studio. Nice to be back with you. You know what, I am very happy that I've finally gotten a true appreciation for our theme song. Having, <laughs> having, oh, yeah. So how was your live. Friday night, Brosky? It was great. I went to, I went to uh, Camden Sports Club. I saw my good mate Simon Hill with his band, Green Man Alishi, playing a whole heap of metal songs, and that was one of them. You should have seen Brosky's face. <laughs> it, was, it was different. It was different. Yeah. It was a good night. It was a lot of fun. And... Uh, Thank you for coming down. Uh, no that problem. was terrific. Was... Walking up the stairs, actually, the security gave me a weird look like, mate, this is the medal. <laughs> so obviously I wasn't dressed appropriately. I didn't have my black, uh, what, what, Pantera yeah, shirt on. That's it. <laughs> we'll get you on for next time. Uh, get some branding clothing. Um, uh, Mulchi, on a slightly more serious note, mm. there's a big day coming up in football on Thursday. The European High Court is going to rule on whether UEFA can continue to have what uh, the A22 sports group call a monopoly over football on the continents. Now, this could have huge ramifications, couldn't it? Because they want a Super League, and this could give it the green light, at least legally. Mm. 
Yeah, I haven't got my legal, you know, degrees to go yeah. through, through all the weeds on that I threw that, one. that question at you without notice, well, to be yeah. fair. Well, it's going to be interesting, is it? I, you know what? There's a, a funny side of me that thinks maybe this is maybe this is the way football's heading and the global elite can have their, their football and perhaps we get a renewal of the national leagues and what they're meant to be about, yeah. which is a change Quite in possible. champions more mm. often more competitive title races um, and a chance for different clubs to win European competitions in UEFA, which as you know, if they continue, if they continue, I do you think they wouldn't? I know it's a rival product. I, mean, I don't know. You know, does probably the Champions be on a smaller League, scale, but does the Champions League have value without Real Madrid, without Barcelona, without Bayern Munich, without Manchester City, without United, Liverpool, Arsenal, without those clubs? No. Well, you look at the Europa League and Europa Conference League, yeah, and look, true. ask the clubs in those competitions if they matter. Broski, you got a view? Well, on for it? people watching, I mean, I don't necessarily get up to watch the Europa League, whereas I will for the Champions League. I, I, I do think it takes a, a huge hit. Mm-hmm. Mm. The only thing I'll say is that if my team were to go into a Super League, and I've been a City fan, as you know, all my life, that's it for me. Wow. I'm out. Would you be out of football together? No, or but, just but I would. just watching as a neutral? I would. I think I would support a non-league team mm. in England anyway. See, that's uh, the football I, I love, you know. Yeah. So I, I don't know that, that removing that top 20 teams would mm. would do that much. I know it's different for other people, though. I, I know, it, and certainly you're right, it would take a hit. What do you think at home? Are you in or out for a Super League? Uh, give us a call, 1300 01 1170. Send us a text, 0457 736 736. Or you can tweet us at Global Game SEN. Let's get into it then with uh, Starter for Five. Almost started for six with that uh, very mm. tricky question at the top. But uh, Broski is your first one. Sydney's big blue defeat. This season is going to be a rebuild or no? It's way too early and Uffi Tale is strong-willed. Um, look, I definitely don't think it's a rebuild. I think there's plenty of time to get going. Um, and I've got no doubt Uffi eventually will. I think we can't forget that Sydney, you know, they've had their routine and style of play under Corriger for about five uh, five years or so. So for a new coach to come in and change all that, it takes time for the players um, to adjust to. So, I mean, ideally, Ulfi would have come in, had a solid preseason, two to three months worth of, of getting that system and that change happening. But he's come in three rounds in and, um, you know, he's doing it on the run. So I think that there's a lot of quality in this team. They'll get it, they'll get it going. Question two, Alex Moltenoff, an encouraging crowd of just under 5,000 at MacArthur last night. Uh, sell Monday evenings as a Bulls night out, or it's just a one-off? That's my shout. Anything that differentiates them, I'm, I'm all for. If that's what it's going to take to get, five, you know, that's a good crowd. That's half, yeah. just over half what I think the Wanderers are averaging in a brand new stadium, uh, playing really good football. And that's not saying MacArthur aren't this season, but if it, if it differentiates them, and it gives them some sort of identity that other clubs don't have. Why not? Why not? I mean, it's, you know, the, the Bulls crowds have been small, along with Western United, but that, that seemed a, a big spike. So mm. I, I don't know whether it's a pre-Christmas thing or whether it be in the Monday night, but whatever it is, uh, maybe it's something worth exploring mm. for MacArthur. Uh, question three, Broski, the new expanded Club World Cup, just a money-making exercise or good for our region, and it'll be a surprise. 
Well, anything uh, FIFA is doing these days is obviously money-making, but I reckon it's great for our region. I can't wait to see it. it. It, I guess, makes it more of a club World Cup. At the moment, it's, you know, your champions and it's one-off games. They don't play each other uh, in, in a round-robin style. So it's really, I mean, your, your top European team, South American team, straight into the semi-final. Mm. It, it, it's like, look, that argument of the NBA champ, mm. you know, champions calling themselves world, world champions, champions when they haven't played everybody in the world. And, and not that they have to. I, I get why your Man Cities go straight to the semi, but then don't call it a, a club World Cup when, when yeah. it isn't. I think this is going to be fantastic. It opens up a lot of um, opportunities for, for clubs in Asia, for Australian clubs to try and push a bit more. I'm excited for it. I guess the the counter argument to that is uh, the fact that with the expanded Champions League that's coming in next year, forty eight uh, team World Cup, you know you're asking yeah. more and more and more of the players, mm. and their bodies can only take so much. Anyway, more on that with Paul Williams in Football Asia towards the end of the show. Uh, question four, Mulchi, after the attack on a referee in Turkey last week, is it time for the game to try and change the culture on referees? or it'll never work, coaches, players and fans are too hard to please? Well, the only way to attack this is to think global, act local, and you can only do and affect the people around you in this sort of situation. So, of course, there's going to be a change towards referees. Of course, there's going to be an attempt. I think FIFA need to do more. Um, I don't think the approach at the moment is proactive enough. This is where, where people talk about the symbiote, oh, we're changing another law. Well, you're giving referees another tool that they don't have in their locker. I don't think that's necessarily the way to go about it, but at least they're being proactive on some front in trying to arrest this because the behaviour of players is in the last 20, 30 years, yep. I just think has gone down the toilet. And, and coaches, officials, club presidents have, have not helped. So there, there's got to be something from the top to, to catalyse that change. You know what? I, I would come down really hard on this. I would say from now on, only the captain of the team is allowed to approach the referee and only twice per game. Anybody else, immediate red card, five-game ban. That would stop it. It would. Mm. That would stop it in a heartbeat. Question five, Broski, and there was no pun intended as a link to this question, by the way, because it's a serious topic. The Tom Lockyer incident in the Premier League at the weekend. Players with heart defects should not be allowed to play or it's down to the individual. That's what I say. Now, the uh, background to this, just mm, to give a bit of context, is that this is not the first time that Tom Lockyer has sadly mm. collapsed on the pitch. Unfortunately, he's lived to tell the tale. Yeah, look, and, and it's one of those. I, I definitely think it should be taken out of the players' hands. Um, I just don't think, you know, players with heart conditions, you know, for, for their families, their teammates, people that have to deal with the result of situations like this, I mm. think it's, um, look, it can be incredibly traumatising and, and difficult to deal with. So I, you know, nobody likes seeing it, um, and I think it should be taken out of their hands. I don't think they should, players with heart defects should be allowed to play. Okay. Tom Lockyer uh, is in hospital still in the UK and uh, is being monitored, having all sorts of tests. Obviously, we hope he's okay. Uh, that brings Starter for Five to a close. We're going to take our first quick break. On the other side of it, we will review round eight in the A-League men's competition.